the judgments and the society stereotypes that are everywhere now and uh, today with the social media they are spreading and spreading and for me it was like a moment of realizing that you don't need to follow everything the world and the society wants you to follow so you can just make your own decisions and live how you want to live This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, My name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that, for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then... From 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 210 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai. And top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes together We will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is 
Yarina Zawalska. Yara is a 16 years old passionate tennis player, an excellent student, and the flex finalist for 2021-2022 from Ivano Frankivsk. She is keen on music, especially the piano. She loves singing, and she graduated music school last year. For tennis, she has four trainings a week, which makes 6.5 hours a week of tennis practice. Tennis is a very strong emotional and tactical workout. That's why she likes it. Your brain and your body working together. Yara has a talent for foreign languages. She is actively learning English, French, Polish, and Chinese and plans to begin learning Italian and German. Her deepest fascination in her life is biology. From an early childhood, she enjoyed watching National Geographic more than Nickelodeon. And she won biology Olympiads in her school, in her city, and ranked in the third place in her region. She sees biotechnology and genetic engineering as her future career. Her flex story is interesting. Twice on a row, she missed the application deadline for the flex exchange program. But during the quarantine, when her English teacher sent the flex application links to students in the Viber chat, she decided to apply and she was accepted. Yara is a super curious person. She is open to other cultures. Her guilty foods are chocolate cake or ice cream. And her favorite quote is, who is John Galt? Which impressed her when she read Ayn Rand's book, Atlas Shrugged. Yara, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm doing great, fantastic, marvelous. And I wish to begin with a more emotional question. When you, Yara, want to feel really alive, to feel those emotions that you love, what is an activity that you do to feel just that? Oh, it's a great question. Uh, I believe that this is going to be something a bit dangerous, something risky, like... uh, like, I don't know, the first thing that came to my mind uh, was the bungee jumping. I always dreamt to do this, like, you know, jumping from the rooftop or from a, from some mountain. I think it must be like super emotional booster, like amazing. And But I didn't do that anytime. Like, uh, so... I believe... No, tell me more about that. Why is something risky like that gives you more of the emotions that you want and crave? I don't know. That's, that's just the emotions we don't f- experience in our everyday life. So when you want to feel that extra portion of the emotions, you just need to do something extra. I believe. So when you want to feel emotions that make you feel alive, those are usually emotions you don't get day to day. And one way to do that is to do what is called extreme sports or something that pumps you with adrenaline or bungee jumping. 
you know, jumping from an airplane or something like that. Did I understand correctly? Yep. And usually, are you more of a risk taker or are you more of a calm, responsible person? That's why you need and crave those emotions that are not common for you. Well, I would say that I'm more of a responsible type. So I'm not super risky in everyday life. I tend to think and analyze and go over and over the situation and not rush into emotions or decisions and something like that. So basically, you're right. That's why when I want to feel some extra emotions, I prefer some extra things. This is so interesting. So to make sure, what is the most fascinating part about bungee jumping, for example? Is it that you don't have to be in control? You don't have to think anymore so much? Or is it like the physical feeling of, of risking dying, but knowing that you're safe? Or what is about it the most interesting part for you? Uh, well, I never did bungee jumping, but I believe that for me, it would be more of a physical feeling of like the free flight, like a basic fall and uh, knowing that like the conscious side of your mind just knows that you are safe, that everything's going to be okay. But this feeling of the adrenaline, the fall, I think that. So if I could summarize it as a general strategy, if you could be totally protected, but you can be taking risks and be crazy in life in general, that will be the ideal. But what makes you think a lot is that there is not that safety and there is uncertainty, correct? Yep, kind of like that. And therefore, since you mull over decisions and meditate on them and think on them a lot, are you originally an emotional kind of girl? And I don't mean emotional like you cry every day, but like you're full of emotions and you need and flow with emotions. Or is your nature more logical, but you want to improve and increase the emotional side in other ways? Mm, well, I can turn the emotional uh, side of me on and off when I need to think about the decision, about the strategy, even on an exam. You don't need those emotions. They are just, they, they don't help. So it's great when you can turn them off and just rush with your clear mind, do the job, and then turn them on and be happy that you did everything right. Oh my God, I have so many questions right now. <laughs> it's incredible, but okay. You said I did everything right. What determines right? Is it the outcome? Or if you made the decision correctly, but the result was bad, is that right? Or is right something from society more like, you love Nietzsche and, you know, his thoughts at, at, on being beyond good and evil. Who determines what is right? What determines it in your own perspective? And how does it go? This is one. 
And second, which is the million dollar question that millions of people will love to know the answer to, how do you turn your emotions off? <laughs> okay. Uh, the first question was what or who determines the right? And for me, it's simple. It's myself, like my inner compass. If something is right for me, then I think it's not gonna be wrong for me anyway. And some, some things are right for me because they are right for the people I love. Sometimes things are right for me because uh, I understood something when I did and thought that these things are right. It's a complicated process, you know? I'm not an adult person with a huge baggage of life experience and I'm still figuring things out. So I can't really say that these things are right forever, but I really hope to figure out as soon as possible what is right, right for me. And uh, the second question was how to turn your emotions off. I can't say that every time I want to do this, I can, because sometimes actually mostly emotions are stronger than our mind uh, and our rational thinking. But if we are referring to the example with the exam, uh, I uh, learned to turn the emotions off really good in my musical school when you need to play on a stage and a lot of people are looking for you and some people are paying attention and someone not and you need just to calm down and concentrate on your work your performance and be like in a room with a black walls and there is just you your work your mind and no one is there and even not your emotions is there you're speaking very metaphorically but in metaphors of space and embodiment and now i understand it even more you being a tennis player and speaking about adrenaline if you jumped, bungee jumped, as well as that metaphor of being uh, surrounded by walls, focusing on what you do. Usually people who say that are kinesthetic and embodied, which means you feel emotions actually deeper than other people. And you feel sensations like the sun, the breeze, etc. in a way that is deep and meaningful. Is this correct about you? Oh, uh, well... I don't know how to compare my emotions to emotions of other people as I never experienced uh, the emotions of others. But I believe that maybe it is true because sometimes I really feel the feelings and even cannot ex explain it and express. I feel sometimes more than I can express. Amazing. So 
how would be a perfect way for you to actually express? Would it be like music and singing? Would you, since you're a tennis player, maybe as dance or choreography or in an ideal world, what could replace words to express those emotions that are not explained with words? Well, for me, the perfect way to express negative emotions and to sort of get rid of the negativity is definitely playing tennis. When you're concentrated on your game, when your mind is on the court, it's it's a perfect way for me to get rid of any uh, negativity, anger, sadness, whatever. Everything goes away when you're playing. And for happiness... One second, how did you discover that? Because it's not like you played tennis before a year and you knew this. So how did you choose? Why did you choose tennis? And was it from the beginning that you found it as a healing, a restorative act that helped your emotions? Or is it a positive, nice surprise that was unexpected? I started playing tennis because uh, I left the dance. I've, I've been dancing for six or seven years. I've been doing the classical dance, you know, the ballet. Um, and I wanted to replace it with some other kind of activity. And I, I wanted something when you're playing alone, not a team sport. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's like a leadership or something. Um, and I choose tennis because my younger brother was playing tennis and I always brought him to the trainings and brought him back home. So I was kind of in the tennis before I even started playing. And about the um, getting rid of the negativity through the game, uh, it was more like a surprise because when you like come to the training in not an excellent mood and then when you finish it, your happiness and your emotions are way better than at the beginning, you feel like, oh, is this tennis or magic? Something like that. I have a lot of questions, but first... Why did you stop ballet? Because uh, I could not manage it with my musical school. So I had like a really complicated schedule because there was like English language, like dancing school, musical school, and like a homework. <laughs> uh, so I needed to quit something and I hardly decided on my dance classes. So then, when I graduated the musical school, I found myself with a huge empty space of time and I needed to fill it with some activities. So I've been looking for a sport because I've been doing dance for a long time, so I wanted to try something new. Why would you need to fill space with activity? Mm, well, I used to the schedule to doing something um, 
that's just a way of living when you are not satisfied just with lying on a bed watching tv it's not interesting for you anymore after you have this super schedule with different activities meeting a lot of people you're just not satisfied with the slow following the river anymore thank you so if i understood you correctly you had a schedule that was busy meeting a lot of people having a lot of activity and when that dropped off you felt maybe it was boring to have a schedule that is too laid back relaxed with too much low activity situations and therefore you needed to pick up the intensity a bit more correct yeah but like the first two or three weeks it was like oh okay okay i can relax i can take a rest and like do nothing i'm a human too i can do nothing Uh, but then it became really boring. I don't know what to do. What I, w- I read like the book, then I did all my homework. It was like I felt like the um, the day has more hours than I need actually. So that's not the best feeling for me. Thank you and. Since you spoke about thinking things before you make decisions, etc., but at the same time, the day became boring for you. So do you live more in the present moment? Do you live more thinking about the future? Do you live more <laughs> remembering the past and like feeling bad about mistakes and wanting to improve them or all three? Or how and where in the timeline do you live? Well, I definitely live in the present. The past, uh, the past things I don't regret, never. Uh, I've heard a quote about this stuff. Past and future don't exist. They are nothing. Past is gone. Future is not yet here. So all you have is this moment this second and you need to concentrate on living it and concentrate on doing the things you enjoy in this second to be satisfied with your future and the past thank you that is wonderful you seem to be into deeper kinds of thoughts So tell me about Ayn Rand and how did Atlas Shrugged impress you and why? Well, uh, my mom recommended this book to me. And uh, also I've heard a lot of uh, sayings about it. And one of them was uh, like, every person should read this book before they turn 16. And I was like, well, I have this book at home because my mom read it and uh, she was impressed too so i started reading and the first hundred of pages it was not interesting it was 
really boring to me. I pushed myself through this book, one more page, one more page. And then after the hundred of pages, I just couldn't fell asleep before I finished the chapter. It was uh, an amazing story. And I believe that when I reread, not if, but when I plan on rereading this book, I will find out more and the deeper sense that the author like put it in there because it's book definitely not for one time reading. You can always uh, come and reread the John Galt speech. It's like a masterpiece for me. For example, what is one idea, concept or meaning that resonated with you and that was really powerful when you read it? Uh, the first thing that came into my mind is the idea that the strong people, the people that pro produce things, the people that are like really atlases of the society, they usually are unhappy because of the expectations the society puts on them. And they are really the atlases that need to push these expectations away and be the happy people, be those people they are inside and live the life they deserve. That was like eye-opening for me. And you feel you're one of those people uh, I tend to think that I can become one of those people, but it was more about the judgments and the society stereotypes that are any everywhere now. And uh, today with the social media, they are spreading and spreading and for me, it was like um, a moment of realizing that you don't need to follow everything the world and the society wants you to follow. So you can just make your own decisions and live how you want to live. It's like everything about you when you realize it. Tell me more about that, about the stereotypes, not specifically about the uh, people who are the atlases carrying society, but as a teenage girl, what stereotypes do you feel are expected or there that are crushing? And how do you think or what do you believe or what do you use as a tool or technique in order to live life your way rather than following those expectations? I'm sure someone listening can benefit. Uh, well, I believe in our society um, with every passing year, there are less and less stereotypes because I want to 
believe and I tend to believe that the human race is progressing, that the evolution is real and we are going to some great stuff. And the stereotypes, most stereotypes I face are connected to the gender, to the uh, even to some of your achievements, you know, this feeling when you achieved something and you're really proud of yourself and everyone around are like, oh, you're so lucky. That's a great luck. You're amazing. What? That's a luck. And I am like, no, that's a work. <laughs> and every time I see the person who did something great and achieved something i see this person not as a lucky person but as a hard worker so i believe this is the most hurtful stereotype for me and also all these stereotypes about being girly or not being girly like and the um body shaming and all of the uh, or the men don't cry all of this really hurtful things that are just destroying people's emotional and mental health they are not worth our society i believe our society is way better than this Thank you. And yes, you spoke about gender stereotypes, bo body shaming, as well as judging people who are successful as lucky rather than seeing all the hard work and struggle they have been through. So one, you personally, have you had a lot of hard work and struggle that led you to where you are? And second, about the stereotypes and things like that, you said that society is reducing them. What do you feel is the role of social media in either reducing or increasing or both? What are your thoughts about that? Is it a positive social media and Instagram or is it more negative or it's both? Mm, well, I believe that uh, when we are talking about the stereotypes, mm, social media can be the good and the evil both because uh, sometimes through the social media people gain more and more stereotypes and mental health problems and sometimes in social media you can find a person that will understand you and will be there for you and you just uh, can find a person that is not uh, perfect too so you don't feel uh, super alone and like not fitting anywhere so I cannot say the social media are harmful or they are helpful they are just here so we need to take advantage of them and be tolerant and polite when we are there so uh, we would not cause some mental or emotional 
issues for another people. Thank you, Yara. You seem so kind. And to understand you even deeper, if you could live anywhere in the world and in any weather you wish, any month, and design your perfect day that will give you everything that you value, how would that day be? Where would you be? When would you wake up? What would you do first, second, third, etc.? Oh, that's a hard question because I would like to uh, try a lot of things and then decide what is my favorite. But from my background now, I believe that I would like to live in my hometown, Ivano-Frankivsk, because I really like the cosiness, the the vibe we have. Um, and about my perfect day, I would definitely wake up early. I don't do this very often if I don't need to. I mean, like, if I have some plans, I obviously get up early, but if it is like Saturday or Sunday, I can slip in. That's that's the best. But in a perfect day, I would wake up early, then I would take a breakfast with my family, uh, and then I would meet with my friends in the center of my city, like have a little conversation, something uh, simple but very meaningful to me. And of course, there must be a workout, like a tennis, love tennis. Uh, and to summarize that, to end it all up, uh, supper with the family, we always do this together and it's like a super cute and meaningful family tradition to me. And then I would go to bed. Oh, and I love playing uh, table games. I, I'm like, maybe it's nerdy, but I really enjoy table games like Monopoly or Alias, Jenga, everything like that. Like, I'm a big fan. Thank you. Tell me about table games. Is it the mental activity that attracts you or do you have childhood memories that refill you with those good emotions every time you play them or why are they interesting for you? Um, well, I feel like not a lot of teenagers are into table games this, this time and in our time now, but... I remember always playing the table games with my dad. Like we've played Monopoly for a week in a row, like every day. It was one game. We could not end the game like for for a week. That's uh, crazy when I think about it now. And I have really this happy, deep child memories about table games and now I'm happy that we have like a mini club with my friends. We play mini games 
pretty pretty often and sometimes we have really tournaments like with the with the prizes they're often sweet uh, and I often play uh, table games with my little brother as he is a fan too so we kind of found each other yes yes you found each other and you spoke about the importance of in your ideal day to spend it actually in the cozy place where you were born and raised and i think that's really interesting actually and you said you wouldn't want to wake up early in the morning if you have you don't have to are you a night owl do you get at night some creative ideas that you feel passionate and energetic to work on and you almost can't sleep and have insomnia because of them or you just don't like to wake up in the morning well i believe uh, that i just need more than seven hours of sleep as i've uh, listened to the scientific podcast and uh, it was said like not every person needs uh, like a fixed amount like a seven hours of sleep some people need more so i consider myself one of those uh, but sometimes i uh, when i like super excited for something i can wake up like 5 a.m and be okay okay we're waiting we are waiting it's two more hours i could be asleep but i'm not because i'm excited so it really depends on my inner feelings and my mood and what is going on but typically uh, when i don't have some specific plans for the first half of my day i would prefer to sleep like to the 10 a.m or something thank you and do you need to be around people a lot are you an introvert are you an ambivert are you an extrovert and how did you deal with the social distancing and quarantine period that passed mm, well i'm definitely an extrovert uh, with some introverted periods like uh, if you ask me would i prefer go out with friends or stay uh, inside and read a book i would choose going out but you cannot go out every day you need some days some period of time to be with yourself to practice some self-care like reading and being just with your dearest and nearest but the social distancing taught me that you can talk to people you can communicate even when you're on a long distance it's nothing with our technology and our uh, benefits we have today to stay uh, to keep in touch with people even though you're not uh, at the same place 
and also it taught me that my introverted periods are not that rare as I thought that I need sometimes more time to be with myself or with my closest people to be able to be this social butterfly later. Thank you. That's absolutely really interesting. I feel that you have two facets to your personality, almost like you're a real-life Gemini reincarnation where you're both emotional, but you're logical, where you're also a thinker, but very embodied in your body, where you're introverted, but you have extroverted tendencies, etc. And that's really interesting. And do you understand yourself or do you feel sometimes, wow, I am so many things. It's difficult for me to know who I really am. And so life is a journey of figuring out who me as Yara is. Well, uh, you mentioned that I'm really a Gemini. That is my zodiac sign. And I'm, sometimes I really think, oh my God, is this my personality or Am I thinking and acting and feeling this way because I'm a Gemini? And yeah, sometimes it's like uh, hard to understand things. But I consider that everything I think, I believe, I love is myself. So it's not uh, separated the things all over there there are they are part of me my personality my way of living so i would never separate us like the personality and all of this stuff thank you and are you someone who is an empath do you feel people's emotions just by looking at them and you're fascinated by their personalities stories and character or are you more about ideas discussing concepts and things like that well i can choose i can't choose honestly because uh well referring to the gemini stuff i can do both at the same time uh, without even trying and struggling i can do both and sometimes I need just one look to understand what is going on inside the person. And sometimes it's hard for me to understand what is bothering the person or is it something happy like that. And I also, as you may notice, love to discuss some ideas and stuff. So I cannot choose I believe that I have the empathy and the ability to listen and discuss like mixed and that is my personality. Thank you. And as someone with a different perspective on life, on the universe and everything as yourself, if you are to give advice to other people who want to live up to their potential, but maybe they see the stereotypes on social media of people putting a fake, perfect life, and they hear stories about 
and people saying, oh, they're just lucky and etc. What would you tell someone about the right plan or path in order to become more active, to build the life they want and to do the things they love rather than either living to people's expectations or doing what society chooses, not them, or just giving up because they think, wow, some people, they're just 18 and they're millionaires, so I shouldn't even try because I'm just not that person, etc. Well, I believe that when you have a goal, you can uh, achieve it either with a long path or a short one. It depends on the decisions you make, but your question reminded me of a book, The Alchemist, Paulo Coelho. I believe uh, it's a really popular book. Um, so I think that you may know this. Uh, and the main idea of this book was about the, like, the idea of following your destiny and the benefits you get from following your destiny. And uh, I, I won't be spoiling here, so it's not what I was supposed to do. But this book really taught me that when you're making decisions that are right for you, uh, that are made according to your inner compass, you will be at the point you want to be. Doesn't matter if you will be there um, due to the longer way or the shorter one, you will be there anyways. And if you're truly and deeply desiring to achieve something, to have something, to become someone, you just need to concentrate on this and then be grateful for your experiences. Thank you. And you mentioned destiny, you mentioned inner voice. Well, what is destiny to you? Do you believe? How do you believe in destiny? How does it manifest itself? And it's funny because that's the manifest destiny, which is an American history concept, or <laughs> which is not what I mean now. And the inner compass, how do you hear it? What does it mean? And even more, what are your metaphysical thoughts about life? Oh, that's deep question. Well, the inner compass is like uh, the first thing that comes into my mind when I think of a decision. So uh, from my personal experience, when you start overthinking, it's bad. It's nev it never leads to a good decision. And also rushing and hurrying and doing a lot of different uh, researches and stuff also leads to a bad decision. So I am uh, trying to learn to trust myself, to trust these feelings inside of me and 
kind of watch the signs uh, out of my body to make the right decisions and about the destiny uh, I I'm not sure if I believe in destiny like destiny destiny as we all um, think about it like the written script of your life but I definitely think that it's like everything about your choice there is no like destiny um, that you can change there is no path that you need to go because it's your destiny destiny is more of a spiritual feeling that you lead your life nor the way you should lead your life thank you so that it's right and that's what you mentioned way way earlier when you said when i'm doing things right it means you feel you're on your purpose and destiny did i understand correctly yeah yeah and why wouldn't your destiny be part of it to do maybe maybe twice a month a bungee jump over in Lviv or something like that just to get those emotions and recharge yourself what is stopping you from those more risky but safe behaviors uh well i don't know where to do this i'm not sure we have a bungee jumping in ivano-frankivsk but i would uh, definitely try it and not only the bungee jumping uh, i've been riding the quadricycles you know this uh, machines in the uh, in the mountains it was uh, a bit risky for me too and uh, basically i wasn't riding i was like a passenger but it was uh, a bit extreme and i uh, really felt those emotions and also there is no uh, like the exact activity uh, it just a variety of different things that are not usual not i i believe that trying some um uh, you know not traditional dishes like the exotic food is a bit risky too and it can give uh, some like emotional boost too so i'm just uh, about trying new stuff new things and for me this feeling is like the most empowering and rechargeable i love your answer and to finish first if people want to follow you to follow your journey what is the best social media to do that and second is there any advice or quote or concept that you feel the world needs to hear and to use in their life more you can speak a bit about that or any projects you're involved with that you want to share about well i'm not a super social media person i'm not an influencer or something like that um i am only in instagram so 
<laughs> the only way to find me in the internet is Instagram. Um, and about the quote or thing the world needs to hear, well, I believe that um, it would be much easier for people to live and much easier for them to achieve their goals um, if they would be familiar with the uh, philosophy of the book that I mentioned before, The Alchemist. And I found it um, really similar to the philosophy of the book uh, Secret. I've read a book and I've watched the film. Uh, it's about dreaming and achieving your dreams. Uh, I've like watched the film when I was 10 years old and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have all the stuff I've dreamt just because I can achieve it. And um, I really like uh, encourage um, every listener of your amazing podcast to watch this film if they are not familiar with it because it can be life-changing and super eye-opening. Thank you so much, Yara. It was a gift, a pleasure, and a privilege to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a great honor. I had a tons of fun. It was really nice to talk to you. Thank you for your questions and just thank you for your work and project. And I want to say that this is a pure hard work, not any luck. 100%. Thank you. <laughs>